0: God is good, and all the time, good. good to be together in the house of the Lord as we share and worship today, glad to see you online, glad to be with you too. It's an exciting week in the life of the church and I hope you will be a part of it in many ways or many capacities. Let us pray. Gracious, holy, awesome, incredible, amazing God, we give you joy and thanks for this morning we gather for worship. Lord, in the midst of summer, it's nice to just pause, it's nice to take a break, it's nice to remember, reflect, and hear your word. Lord, your music stirs us, your prayers motivate us, Uh, your word, Lord, convicts us, but guides us. And so I pray this morning, as we continue to hear your word, as we continue this series, Lord, that our prayer is that you build your kingdom here. Uh, May it begin with me, may it begin with us. In your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. As a kid, I used to love to participate in the radio contest. Do you remember that? Be the 10th caller now and you get two movie tickets or a gift certificate to a restaurant or one of my favorite was a bag of tokens to the local arcade. Sometimes they gave away music too and going through my father's stuff in house, I found the Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack that I had won the album and loved it, and it's still there. I don't know if it works or not, but uh, it's still there. Every once in a while, this radio station would have some contests, big contests. They were having one giving away, a $500 gift certificate. What they did is each day on the radio, they gave clues. So I decided that was my job, that was my task. Every time we heard a clue, I was going to write it down. Now, on Mondays, you could go to a local that was sponsoring this and check out all the clues but that was a week behind so you wanted to keep up with them that week well one time on the radio we heard a clue and insinuated something about a crossroads Well, I don't know how familiar you are between Columbus Mississippi and Starville Mississippi is Mayhew Junction it's a place of crossroads it's a major crossroads in the community and we thought you know there's something about this clue that's pointing us in that direction So the family, we decided one afternoon, let's go out there and see. So we went out to this crossroads and started looking around and looked in some trees and looked at stop signs. As we were leaving the intersection, somebody in the car, I think it was my brother, maybe it was my dad, saw this big kind of stick limb in the middle of the median. No trees, it just looked out of place. So we stopped, picked it up, and there on the bottom was a cassette tape, taped all in electrical tape, tore it out, and there was a piece of paper saying that we had found The clue for the certificate and had won the contest. We were excited, we were thrilled after all this search to find it. But you know what the clue was that led us there? The clue that really pointed us to that point was something about a crossroads. And it was there at the crossroads that we found what we were looking for. Have you ever been there? Have you found yourself at that intersection, at a crossroads, looking for something? Wondering where God might be leading you. Wondering where might be the next step. Wondering what direction do I need to take. And you're just not sure where to go. When we're at a crossroads, we're faced with a choice. A choice that we can't stay there but a choice that we can't stand still and we must take one way or the other history is full of choices and full of crossroads that we've seen people take some in which they've succeeded and some in which they have failed biblical history reminds us of some leaders and prophets who confronted their followers with the tough decision to make in the Old Testament we see many examples that come one is example in Deuteronomy 30 Moses had set before the people this example of life and prosperity, or adversity and death. And he says in verse 19, choose life that you and your descendants may live. In Joshua 24, Joshua was about to die and was renewing the commitment of the leadership of this nation of Israel and the journey that they had been on, choosing this day whom you will serve. Jeremiah, in response to the future of Jerusalem, told the people, I am setting before you a way of life or a way of death. They had a choice to make. Today we begin the the second to last week of the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe we've come to a crossroads. Last week was a climax and today is the crossroads. Will we follow Jesus' teachings? Will we join in this prayer to ask God to build his kingdom here to the point that we're willing to be kingdom builders too? I invite you to hear more examples of Jesus' teaching through this Sermon on the Mount as we look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. Join me in your Bibles you've brought, your devices, or on the pew Bibles that are before you. Online, hope you'll join us too with your Bibles. Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it, for the gate is narrow, and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns? Are figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but, the, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you, go away from me you evildoers. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's several things we can take from today's passage, but one I see is that Matthew reminds us that life is not static. For the Christian, for one who decides to follow di- To follow Jesus, it's not a one and done decision. It's not, hey dude, I'm going to follow you and then we go on and do what we've always been doing. But it's a decision daily that when we wake up, when we eat lunch and when we go to bed, that we continue to renew our life and continue to ask God's direction in our life. There's a path, this road to righteous living that Jesus has been teaching and laying out for us. That each of us is called to take between our decision of accepting Christ and of our death and glorification. You could pull some fancy words out here. Maybe you've heard them before. But justification, the time in which we accept Christ. And then glorification, the time we go with God. But between, and Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, really gave, I think, to Christian theology this word of prevenient grace. And understanding that it's that time between accepting Christ and our death that through sanctification we seek through God's grace and only through God's grace to mold our lives closer and closer to Him. Have you ever started something and not finished it? Little smiles or smirks going on. Is it still sitting there on a desk or in a shop or in the yard? Could be an exercise program even a project at home. We still want to do it. We still have good intentions. We have an idea that we can accomplish it, but it's kind of static, just sitting there, waiting. Do we ever realize that our Christian faith, that our Christian journey, that our Christian walk can also be static? I mean, we decided to follow Christ, right? We made a decision as a kid, maybe even as an adult. We, maybe we've renewed that commitment. But it seems that we're not going anywhere with it. How are we responding when faced with those decisions in which we seek to reflect Christ, to mold Christ, to be Christ to others? We forget to live it out. Christ tells us that many are called. Many start the journey, but they don't finish it. May it not be us. Our decision to follow Christ must be made anew every day. Matthew 12, verse 30 reminds us of this. Are you with Christ or against Christ? If you're not gathering, then you are scattering. Jesus reminds us also that there are two ways to go when we're at a crossroads. Through the narrow gate or through the wide gate. One is hard and one is easy. One leads to life and... One leads to destruction. We can't stay in the crossroads or we'll get hurt. And unfortunately, sometimes others might get hurt too. Satisfaction, contentment, success, peace. It's the product of hard work. Living out our faith takes sacrifice for ourselves and for others. Going through the wide gate is easier. It brings instant satisfaction, but it's short-lived, and anybody can do it. But the narrow way looks more into the future and looks to the treasure that awaits ahead. The journey may look hard at the beginning, but we and those around us are better off for taking it. To take the narrow road takes discipline. An athlete, to be successful, takes discipline. For a Christian to live out their faith takes discipline, spiritual discipline discipline the temptation is the easy ways appealing the more challenging narrow way is hard it's scary it's fearful we're not sure how we will make it but here's the challenge too often we focus on the gate too often we look at just the gate and we don't look beyond the gate we can't look just at the entrance but we need to look at the end of the road, at what lies ahead and what's at the end. We can't look at the path in regards to just our needs and desires, but look at it in the light of eternity and the future reward that awaits ahead. Just as there are two crossroads, Jesus begins to draw a correlation that there's two harvests. A person's words and deeds reveal their true self, just as the fruits of a tree reveal what kind of tree it is. Many years ago, we went to see some friends in California, we, around the Fresno area. We went to Yosemite a couple a little ways away, did some hiking, did some camping, and had a great time. But we also had fun hanging out at the friend's house. They had a swimming pool, and in the back, in this part of California, you can have an orchard. And they had 10 or 15 different trees that were back there, an orange tree, some herbs, and several trees we didn't know. Our friend Steve pointed what each one was out and what it would do and recognizing the fruit. And some would grow for a couple years and every couple years have bad fruit and then good fruit. Some would get diseased and have to be burned after they were cut down. Look back at verses 17 through 20 in our scripture today. We see that a good tree bears bad fruit. Excuse me, a good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree won't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree won't bear good fruit. You know them by their fruits. And then verses 21 through 23 further describes the differences in these two harvests of good and bad fruit. There's a strong emphasis on deeds here. So a warning is this is not a proponent of works righteousness. This is not telling us that we can work our way into heaven or do the good stuff in order to earn our way to heaven. The message that Jesus gives us and to his followers is to seek his will, to ask forgiveness through his grace to continue the journey and be faithful along the way. Jesus reminds us that our good deeds don't alone prove our faith. Our friend Steve explained to us while we are in California that two trees can look alike. And fruits look alike. It's only until you pick the fruit and you eat the fruit and taste it do you know if it's a good fruit season or bad fruit season. And which one is better. If what we do on the outside doesn't really represent who we are on the inside, then our actions are hypocritical and what we do actually turns people away from their faith. But when our outward nature produces sweet fruit, we see a representation of authentic discipleship. Matthew earlier in this chapter, in verse 15, emphasizes Jesus' warning against false prophecy. There's a lot of charismatic leaders out there. They appear innocent as sheep on the outside, but on the inside is a different story. So how do we know? Who do we listen to? Who do we pay attention to? Whose advice do we follow and whose do we reject? It's by their fruits, Jesus says. By their fruits. But what are examples of these fruits? What do these fruits look like? It's the characteristics of righteousness that Jesus has been talking about through his teachings all through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and continued in Matthew 7. Last week we had one verse, it was verse 12. How do we refer to this verse? Do you remember what this verse is called? Verse 12, golden rule, I hear it, the golden rule, remember what it says? Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. We're called not to just not do bad, but to be proactive in doing good. We might say the right words, verse 21. Lord, Lord, we might do many deeds in God's name, verse 22. But what counts in the end? Are we doing the will of God? Are we following God on the inside as well on the outside? Are you wearing the right clothes, saying the right things, looking good in what you do? Do you speak that others may be impressed by what you say? Do you teach that others might come to your side of thinking? Do you serve that you might gain something from it? Do you give that you might get something in return? Maybe it's time to get rid of our clothing and change the way we look and talk and maybe even serve. To examine and be diligent in changing what is happening on the inside of our lives. To focus on what we cannot do, but on what we can do and even more should do. To be an example of one who's willing to take the narrow gate. That through our example, when we find ourselves at the crossroads, that we're willing to walk through that gate, that others might see us, that they too might follow and walk with us down the hard road together to do this does not mean we have to separate ourselves from the world from our family or our community it doesn't mean we judge those who are doing right and those who are doing wrong but we seek to help each other to understand one another to support and encourage to one another to listen to one another that each day we don't only share the journey we share the harvest. Catch that, that each day we don't only share the journey, but we share the harvest. I was in junior high when we found the treasure from the radio station contest 40 years ago. The reward was a $500 gift certificate to the local stereo store. My brother and I debated about this and so He bought me out and I gave him the certificate and I took some money from it. He bought a nice stereo and speakers and we celebrated our accomplishment. You know, everybody had access to all the clues. Everybody could listen, could write them down, could go to the store, check it out. Everybody could go find it on their own. Our discipline paid off. Our intuition at the crossroads to stop and look and maybe it's there. Maybe it was that time of willing to go through the crossroads because it was on the other side that we found the stick and we found the treasure. Here we are in our life today at a crossroads. It's time we bear good fruit that all may enjoy, but we've got to step out, a step of faith. May we let go of that which scares us, the change which binds us, prevents us from walking through the narrow gate the scriptures are clear that there'll be a day of judgment for each of us living for christ takes hard work and makes some difficult choices will we deceive others by our words and choices but we can never deceive god god continually offers his gift of grace it's a free gift that is present at our salvation and at our death but it's also a gift that's active in between on the inside and outside of our lives if we offer it to him the reward is exciting and the fruit is delicious may people know our example by our fruit in the name of God the Father God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities we have to share, to witness, to live, to love. Forgive us for the times we go down the wrong road, or forgive us for times we don't know it's the wrong road, but we find ourselves there. Thank you, Lord, that you pick us up, you bring us back, (coughs) you set us straight. Lord, we enjoy the good fruit. We know it takes work. So work in our lives, work in our hearts that what we do, who we are, offers joy to others. Your joy. In your name. Amen.